Stretch out with your feelings. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Welcome to Rogue Support, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast that would normally have Dizzard, but I've killed him and he's locked in my basement. And if you get that <laughs> reference, you're old. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to leave a review. Let us know how we're doing, um, especially tell Dizzard that he's missed or or that you didn't even realize he wasn't there, um, as well as come join our Discord. The link is in the description. Now open those blast doors and let's get on with the show. I am Omnis, also known as Wild Omnis. Also, my mom called me Charles. And I am here with Phil, the accuser. What's going on, man? Not much. Excited to be here, trying to do my best Dizzard impression while he's flash frozen in carbonite wherever you put him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I can't <laughs> tell you where I sold him. I mean, I, I you know, buyer, got to protect my buyers. That's, that's the scoundrel yeah. rules, you know. Wall decoration um, somewhere. He is a beautiful wall decoration. I will just say, you know, the light mustache, it really came through in the carbonite. I was impressed. That, it that's was good. Really good detail. Yeah. You don't always get that. I mean, even Harrison Ford looked a little funny in Carbonite, so I'm glad that detail came through for Dizzard. The, the technology has improved since then. You know, it's it's next yeah. level now. We're, what, 40 years later? Like, you'd have to hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, funny story. So there's a there's a girl in my office who doesn't know anything about Star Wars. Like, Nothing. Like we were oh, trying man. to explain who Luke Skywalker was, and she was like, "That was the guy in Fast and the Furious who died, right?" Oh my god! <laughs> right, well, you've got to be under a rock to not get that. <laughs> no, but like it, it's serious. And so she, uh, this last Monday, she's Charles. Charles, you'll never guess what happened. I was watching something, and it got oh, it finished, and then a Star Wars movie came on. <laughs> And she's like, I watched like an hour of it and it was good. Now, the interesting <laughs> thing was it was Empire Strikes Back. And I found it really interesting that she didn't feel like she was missing information, that she was just enjoying the story. Yeah, I feel like, you know, with good writing and everything, which Empire Strikes Back, I think, does, right? You can pick up and figure out what's going on well enough. It's not, you know, Marvel where you've got a lot of homework to do right now. I think Empire Strikes Back could, you know, if you're going to jump in on one of them, that works. Yeah. And I was, you know, that's always the argument, right? You know, uh, there's the constant debate of Empire Strikes Back versus A New Hope, which is the best Star Wars movie. And the people who are defending A New Hope are all, the argument is always, well, if it wasn't for A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back wouldn't be as good as it is, right? That's the argument. Right. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. it, Empire Strikes Back is <laughs> yeah. just a better movie. It's a I better movie. I mean, it builds on the first one, but you, you've yeah. established the world, and now you get to play in it a little bit. Like, A New Hope is like, you know, you've got to do the, the intro to the podcast, and then you get into the real meat of it later. And that's Empire Strikes Back. You've set the table, now you get to eat the dinner. I, you, I've never thought of it like that before, but it's, you know, the new hope is the intro episode, right? We're like, oh, is. this is what we're planning to do, guys. This is this is us, you know. Hey, listen to our podcast, and then it's episode our pilot. two is where where they where they do the real first episode, where it's like, here's the shit, and yeah, of course I'm. And the I'm prequels very are pro the prequels are even like that, right? You can skip the Phantom Menace and get the gist in the first five minutes of Attack of the Clones. 
Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, good times. Anyway, so we should uh, we should do the cantina section. So um, I am drinking um, Space Dust. I tried to get back to the classics. One of my go-to IPAs since I was getting shit on Norbert's stream for being an IPA drinker. Not my thing, so I'm not going to give you shit for it. Drink what you drink. I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funny thing. I'm fine with, you know, you should drink what you want to drink. Because a long time I didn't like beer at all, and I always got shit, you know, um, for having mixed drinks or, you know, some of the, the more, you know, sweeter beverages when I was a kid. Um, until I kind of found pale ales and started actually enjoying beers. Um, but people always gave me shit about it. So I'll never be the person who gives someone shit because they like stouts or they like half of Eisen or whatever. Like you like what you like. So what, right. what are you drinking? And, Phil? and beers like diverse enough where everyone can find something. Right. Um, but I have Florida Avenue Brewing Company's Passion of the Heights. It's a tropical wheat ale from where I'm at in Florida. Um, so it's got like, I don't know, like notes of hibiscus and other tropical fruit. So <laughs> it's Florida. So you got to kind of roll with uh tropical type beer sometimes. Yeah. Whenever something like pleads to be tropical fruit um, or passion fruit, it's always a bit of a gamble, right? Because sometimes it's just really, really intense, like mango flavors. And sometimes yeah. you'll get something totally out there. Um, that one's that one's always a bit of a gamble. But how is that one? Is it good? Uh, it's a recurring regular beer at the house and with friend groups when we do game nights. So it, it sells itself, really. Um, but yeah, it's a local brewery. So you got to support that either way. Out of curiosity, with the... Because... I would I've never been to Florida or at least not as an adult, but I assume the Florida climate is probably not that different than going to Mexico. So I'm curious if it's some or once I was in Mexico, I, I immediately understood Mexican beer better. And I was like, oh, a Corona is actually better in Mexico in their climate and Pacifico. It, it just it goes with the climate and it just it tastes a little bit better, you know, when it's warming up a little because you can't avoid that happening. Whereas, say, an IPA, I feel like. I don't enjoy it nearly as much. As soon as it starts warming up, my enjoyment level drips. Is it kind of like yeah, that, that one's you got to drink it cold. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it's pro- it's definitely like you know everyone's like local beer is very dependent on their local area. I mean, it's probably still pretty drinkable when it gets warm. Um, I don't let it sit long enough to have that problem, so I drink it fast. Um, fair, but yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of Mexico, but like if it's very humid, then it's similar. Um, I think it's like 110% humidity even now in November. Makes sense. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk some Shatterpoint stuff. What have you been playing? What are you been painting? I mean, I'm actually largely caught up. I think I've got one model left for Shatterpoint, and that's Queen Amidala, because that's just a lot of detail work that I'm dreading. (laughs) So she's sitting half-finished, and I I haven't played a whole lot of Republic lately, so um, it hasn't been a problem yet. Um, But I'm actually caught up on everything. I don't have a Shatterpoint backlog besides Padme. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm getting to Mace now, and I need to put the finishing touches on Kraken. 
Um, then finally want to get to the point where I can do the, the full droids separatist list. And I just keep putting it off. Um, and my Kraken's like 90% done. So that's going to be um, the next thing I finish up. That's awesome. Like Kraken, I've got a, he's another one I've got to put back on the table sometime soon. I was playing a TTS game, I think like two weeks ago, and it was Kraken, Kalani, B1s, B2s, Dooku, Bane. And like that really is speaking to me. So I've got to put Kraken back on the table yesterday. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do the, the Galactic Republic testing because this episode was supposed to be our Galactic Republic episode, but Dizzard's got stuff going on. Um, and so we're putting that off another two weeks. Um, but it's it's interesting. I played um, uh, my list was Annie Obi with Rex, Arf, and then Bo and Super Commandos. Okay. Um, that I wanted to just like not be so reliant on having to play all of the Republic troops, but I really wasn't sure what my other primary should be. I was kind of teetering between Obi and Lumi. Um, and this ended up being the longest game of Shatterpoint that I've ever played. <laughs> we were playing the new uh, the new struggle pack and what ended up happening on the left-hand side, because he was also playing Galactic Republic, we ended up with his OB taking my left side, and then my OB activates and takes it from him and pushes OB off. And then his um, uh, clone commandos move up there, and we end up in this kind of perfect spot, even though I position the table, so you've got at least a whole gantry of space where that objective is. The problem was is with where the com the clone commandos were and where my obi was and where this little crate was there was really nowhere else for anyone to get up on that objective and neither of us had any way on that side of the like there was no jangos there was no darth mauls nobody could just pull someone off of it and he couldn't get up there with obi-wan now to melee my obi-wan and i couldn't get anyone else up there to push someone off and if I shot if like Bo shoots someone off of it, the clone commandos would just move right back up before she could jump into the spot. So it was that side of the board just got totally just it's locked in and there was just nothing. Basically weird standoff and almost solved for a minute. Yeah, it was just there was just nothing we could really do about that side. And so it just dragged on where we were just like, score three, score three, score three, score three. And, oh man, I we must have been playing that first struggle for at least an hour. It just, it was, it was to the point where we, we were, every struggle, basically, we got to the point where it was like, someone is going to have to win any turn now because we're running out of momentum. Yeah. You know, it's just getting <laughs> to the point that both of us are so, we like need so few points to win. Um, it was, it was crazy. And there was multiple, when we got to the third struggle, there was multiple points where we both thought the game was over in the other person's favor. And then it was just like, we just kept falling one point short. Uh, yeah. I really feel like that new struggle pack really shook up a lot of that. Cause I, the one game I've played on it now, that first struggle lasted forever and we just could not one up the other and get the positioning we needed to really start running beyond the like, all right, three to you, three to you, three to you, three to you. And at that point, like you've gone through the deck once and every, you've got wounded models already going into struggle two. And it, it really changed a lot of how struggle two kicks off at that point. 
Yeah, our struggle too still went by pretty quick because um, it was just one of those games where um, the double score was just basically kept being on the one that was right in front of his deployment. And yeah. It was just double score there, both his turn and my turn. For must have been like four or five turns in a row. And it just yeah. kind of set things up where there was just no way I was coming back from that. Um, but then I did manage to come back and win struggle three, but it was, it was just barely, I was looking down at the table and I was trying to figure out if the double score had been anywhere, but his backside, I was like, I have this in the bag. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Rex is super fast. So he dashes himself. He moves, he goes up this ladder, he shoots a guy off the point and then didn't even have to defensive maneuver. Um, he ended up getting the reposition on his tree and like gets in and you're just like, Oh, I forgot just how far Rex can go, but he Rex he is so and, fast. <laughs> he came back and closed that out for me, but I will say my first instinct from that game, I won the game, but I found it to be one of the least overall enjoyable Shatterpoint games that I've had just because I found fighting over the two middle points instead of three middle points, making the game a lot less interesting. I really enjoy struggle one when you're, okay, well, this guy can go towards the middle or they can go to the right. And these guys over on this side can go to the left or go to the middle. And that felt like there was a lot more impactful choices and i feel like with the new struggle packet to me it it pushes the best models even further forward and it pushes the models that are kind of behind the curve a little bit even further back like with that struggle pack i i cannot imagine that i i am not playing darth maul and Django all the time i might be that guy right now (laughs) yeah i mean it just it just feels like it feels really hard to try to play that and have an advantage with um, a majority of just the models that are fine. But has, well, how yeah, has your experience it, has been with the new struggle pack? I've only played one with the struggle pack, and I think it was kind of the same thing where like the, the first struggle is it's long. It's hard to get a clear foothold early and like really rush the first one, at least out of the gate, right? I'm sure as you get more time with it, it'll it'll be a little bit more uh, intuitive how you play it, but there's a lot of really interesting decisions in the donut, right? Uh, you can run so many directions and be on whatever point, and it, it's, it was really cool. Like, I really liked that. And then the second struggle, it went so fast. It was like, all right, th- this is just going to keep popping up on a point that doesn't benefit me at all, and, you know, it it's going to be one of those games. And then I actually lost in the third struggle. I, I won the first one. And then, and I've had that a lot lately where it's like, I win the first one and then just cannot pull off the second or third. And it was just I one of those ones where it's like, man, I could not get to where I need to be. I do think that the, the second struggle pack feels at least more fair in terms of the, the second struggle does not feel overly weighted toward like it's still weighted towards the person who lost but then struggle three is pretty no like pretty even so it doesn't necessarily favor the person who um just lost struggle two but it it definitely shifts if i'm playing hyper competitively i would start focusing in on the ultra fast models that can now in struggle one put pressure on the opposite side that can do something to the two zones you know in front of my opponent as early as possible the stuff like darth maul you know uh Django, you know the it's, and a lot of times it's the it's the yeah. obvious guys 
Rex and Bo-Katan just super mobile and can end up embedded in a back point easy. Um, you know, there's probably a couple other ones. I think Sabe could probably do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, this yeah anything with like really extra mobility, it's already a mobility game, right? So it's only going that much further that direction with the new struggle. Yeah, which only serves to hurt the characters like Pawns. Um, Cody. I'm curious, I haven't... I haven't played it with MagnaGuard. Um, did you, was your game with MagnaGuard? I'm curious if it makes them feel better or worse. Or uh, I don't think we had MagnaGuard on that one. Um, I was running Maul, Django, and um, Fifth Brother, and then the Bounty Hunter box. Um, it, it just scum and villainy as much as possible. <laughs> um, but I mean, scoundrel at heart. Absolutely. I'm literally wearing a, a Lando t-shirt for that. No good swindler. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, Maul, Django, like being able to pull things off points and then the, the hypermobility to be able to go then stand on them. It, I, I don't think it's a, a cutting edge hot take there that they're going to yeah. continue to be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I but I think like other models, like I think Mace Windu is going to be really interesting. Mace Windu, like on the center point, probably projects his range five bubble to everywhere on, on the donut, right? So I think that's going to be instinct, interesting. And my instinct with Mace, though, is that I feel like it ends up being worse for him overall with the set with the middle never being active in struggle one. That that mm-hmm. can be awkward for him. I was playing against Mace, and he was fine um but i don't know i mean i'm certainly not a mace expert yeah i haven't put a lot of mileage into him and he so far he just kind of seems like all right like he seems very dicey um i i I haven't felt him like to be oppressive or anything he's not he's not crazy yeah agreed all right well i think that's probably we actually rambled for a bit for cantina that was that was fun but i'm still i'm cool with rambling i've got all night (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna push myself some more to get in more galactic republic games and kind of um settle settle into them a bit more um figure out where where it lands um i did like anakin i will say he he had the most dreadful activation for me where he had the opportunity for me to win the game and he rolled just enough successes to wound the commandos, but he didn't get the fourth success that would get him the jump onto the point. And I was like, Anakin of all the times I need one more success (laughs) from you. But then it was, it was this awful situation where I couldn't, um, I couldn't choose to go lower on my tree and not wound them because it's the commando. So they would just drop hunker and move away. And so I don't have right. a target. And so it was, there was just no good situation. Um, after I was like, all right, um, I'm, I, I make my attack. I wound you. Um, are you going to move away? And then I realized it clicked. I was like, if he doesn't move away, I can spend two force. It was actually, it would be three force. Cause he had gotten mace one shot him earlier in the game. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> But um, I, I I had this moment where I realized if he elects to not hunker move away, I can spend the three force to attack the commando just to try to get the movement out of it. And that would be my yeah. play. But. And that's one of the really cool things with Shatterpoint, being able to, you know, find other ways to attack and still, like, get your triggers to move on, to move out of 
out of engagement onto points. I th- it's one of the really cool things that I like about the game. The but man, when it doesn't happen, it it's <laughs> awful. Like you're planning around, like I need to hit the third block. It shouldn't be hard, and the dice just aren't cooperating for it. Yeah, I think well, I had that with uh, Aura Sing like... in particular. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it's just like Anakin get, not getting to a fourth success against a trooper was just a it was a big surprise for me, and I, I just I kept looking down. I'm like, is this really what's happening? Shit, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't I don't know what to do about this. And I thought for sure that I had lost the game there, but then I think this the where the double score came up and which character they had to activate um, just didn't. It just gave me one more activation, and then Rex saved the day. Because um, Rex is the best part. Of Rex is really good, and he can save the day, and it feels thematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's move on to the Chamber of Judgment, and we decided that we were going to talk about focus action, which is interesting. I was realizing as we chose this that because this game doesn't have double movement and doesn't have double attacking. But Hunker is kind of like a pseudo second move or a first move in some cases where it's like Mm -hmm. a very small movement that you can do with your other action. And then focus action is sort of your your pseudo double attack where you're just putting a little more emphasis on on your attack. And it feels like most of the time with focus action, you're doing it because it's free. But occasionally you just don't have to move. You just have to kill someone or you have to push them off the point. And so you focus what are you how are you feeling about the execution of the of the focus action in Shatterpoint? You like it, dislike it? What are you thinking? Overall, I like it. I think it's it's one of those things though that's very um character dependent dependent, right? Like not every character in the game's hyper mobile. Um so you know the hunker action gives you that additional little the the bump, right? Um to borrow an MCP term. You get that just little extra inch of movement and <laughs> yeah. you you know, that that's value, um, ducking into cover or advancing onto a point without having to do the full move, still having the benefit of you know, a buff to defense. Where I think focus really shines, and I don't think it comes up quite as much as hunker for this reason, is like ranged characters, right? You, you want to focus when you don't need that extra movement, and you want to maybe be focused on hitting things on your tree. Um, I've been playing like a lot of Aura Singh, and the more dice she's putting in the pool, the more likely she's hit, able to hit the reposition on her tree and get that move, right? Um, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like throwing more dice is cool, especially on models like they're not necessarily at melee or don't want to be in melee, but need that mobility. Um, so it comes down to, you know, knowing your trees and knowing what characters really benefit from getting more results further down their tree. Yeah, it's how do you feel about it being one dice or one die? Gotta gotta use the right words here. I will get I will lose nerd credit if I don't know how to you know properly. In, uh, I feel like die. you'd use it if you got you'd use it more regularly if you got more dice. But then you know you've got models with impact and sharpshooter where it's like, all right, do you do you really need Gar Saxon completing his tree every time he focuses without friction? <laughs> yes, as a <laughs> yes, but yes, yeah, yes. Um, I mean, awesome. It would be really cool, but you know, guaranteeing Aura to be able to run around the board like just nonstop. I mean, she's a character that can do three moves if the dice are cooperating. Um, but you know. I'd love more, but I think one's probably fine. It's the equivalent of 
hunker at least to start hunker gets you one dice on defense the you know but then hunker well, gets I mean, the a lot of time hunker gets you two it's uh, like two probably base yeah. yeah and i'm okay. not i'm not as good on my feet with the math and everything but you know it's one d6 or two d6s i guess versus one d8 and what the probability is there of successful results yeah. I mean, maybe they value the one eighth probability of a crit that the defense dice can't touch anyway more than yeah. the extra dice from cover. My instinct is that I think I would, pre- because of the nature of trees getting maxed out anyway, right? So you don't have to worry about troopers doing anything too ridiculous because they have a different tree than primaries yeah. and such. My my instinct is is I think I would have preferred a focus action to be two dice. But I would worry that if that were ever to change, the characters who get free focus actions, like the Mandalorians and such, mm-hmm. with how often they get free focus, um, uh, probably would not end up being okay. That might be just a touch too much. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, how how much does an extra die actually warp the result? Especially when you get it for free. The the hunker's already kind of like that, especially when you get to like perma-hunker with Obi-Wan. Um, there, there's nothing that keeps you focused forever, but th- a lot of characters f- are just frictionless focus. It happens doing what they do anyway. So what, when does that become game breaking? Yeah. I will if say, impact and I mean, sharpshooter maybe... didn't exist, it probably wouldn't be as bad, but <laughs> I do like those rules like conceptually. Yeah. It's, and I, and I think it would be fine with those rules it would just not be fine with the free focus actions. Yeah. Um, your, your Mandalorians are already, you know, they're already really good. Do they need more? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. they do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mandalorians I mean, do need more. <laughs> I, I, I'd be okay with it. They're a lot of fun. But yeah. <laughs> maybe Clan Krees would hit the table just a little bit more for me. But, you know, Super Commandos in a melee meta. Yeah. But if, I mean, if you're shooting even more dice at range, I'm not opposed. <laughs> um so i'm gonna uh, got like kind of a wild ominous maybe a little (laughs) little hot taking here um one i know they they eroded the game right away to the cover rules i think i still don't like the cover rules as they are um and i will say i know that general obi-wan is not the best primary in the game by any stretch of an imagination but the more I play against him, the more I find him just actively annoying to play against. The the dropping hunkers from like I just feel like so often when I'm playing against Obi Wan that there's just less interesting choices, and it's just a lot of the time, you know, it's just am I playing just a little bit better of a team because they're playing Obi Wan and they're playing more Galactic Republic stuff? It's yeah, and it's, it's interesting with Obi Wan. He's frustrating to deal with. It does feel a little thematic because, like in the cartoon, which a lot of the, the the models are based on, right? He's always got like quip, quippy humor and everything. He's he's like darting around the battlefield, but then he's uh, actively making your units harder to kill. But then also kind of weirdly mobile on top of it. His a, a good Obi Wan player is like you know hard to kill the models a great obi-wan player is the one that like his models are also not where you thought they'd be just when you're attacking them um he's the negotiator he's the negotiator and he's he's such a cool model it's um 
He's one of the ones where it was like when I got into the game, it was like, all right, Anakin Obi Wan is like a thing I tried to do in Star Wars Legion back in the day, and the the points just didn't make that work. But this game's designed around you know pairing your two favorite heroes together and seeing what happens, and it's just a naturally thematic pairing. And Anakin doesn't hate extra mobility, and if Obi Wan's gonna keep him alive and get him moving, and again that that friendly mentor banter to keep Anakin performing at his best. That's a thematic win, at least. I will say, if they do ever end up making Galactic Republic better, and they they feel like they have a light, a really legitimate um, support units and such, I, I worry a little bit. Like, if Obi Wan yeah. were, were, if Obi Wan was able to play support units that were as good, and mind you, the clone commandos are solid under him. They kind of make mm-hmm. the whole package work. But if he had like legitimate support units uh that game's gonna be frustrating as fuck yeah and i i'm gonna put my cards on the table here i think that plo coon's box is a huge opportunity for that we haven't seen wolf or the wolf pack as far as i know but like that's an opportunity for republic to be getting something else and it's why i haven't played republic as much i'm holding out for plo coon he's my favorite jedi and i want to play more of that but um I mean, if the, if the wolf pack ends up being, like, I don't know, something different from other clone troopers. Like, most clone troopers are built around the free dash into hunker, and, you know, they, they work well under Obi-Wan. But if they did, like, something different, and then Obi-Wan still gave them the benefit of, like, the hunker and the healing dash, I mean, it that might be something to worry about. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I don't. I'm, I'm also not like general. completely sold. Galactic Republic sucks as much as everyone else does. But I'm also an unapologetic aura enthusiast. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, as a person who thought from their first couple of games that Darth Maul was bad, I've learned very quickly <laughs> that it's pretty easy to play things in a particular way and end up feeling like they're bad. And really, what's happening is that you are playing them wrong. And yeah. not not seeing the big picture yet, because I probably if I had to hot take and say what the best primary in the game is, I would probably choose Darth Maul. That's I, I, a hot take. I mean, Darth Vader exists and Darth Vader enables a lot for your team where Maul's very like Maul is a, a package, doesn't need friends. He doesn't need extra support and doesn't actually enable a whole lot for your team beyond the just economy of force generally by him hurting himself actively to do his job but but i could really I mean, see long term yeah. darth maul being uh, of this first row of releases like obviously general obi-wan if um if galactic republic starts getting really powerful releases but mm-hmm. i mean i'd see down the road when we start get when we see the other vader right you're going to start seeing things diversify but i think the amount yeah. that we see darth maul is probably never changing no, he's he's an evergreen model, and which I think a core box model probably needs to be. But Maul in particular is a model that I mean, he's got really cool key uh, tags that he can work around, and I mean, he's just going to enable a lot of really cool stuff for your team forever. I don't, I don't oh, see him going that. anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of those ones where he. Once something drops for like the scoundrel tag, it's gonna be oh my God, impressive. Yeah. I, I'm waiting for that. I'm assuming Hondo does, but I don't know. I I can't begin to guess. I'll play Hondo Mall. I'll play a Hondo campaign. Like that'll be great. 
we got to be at least a little pro mall because I know with Dizzard here, we never get in legitimate mall talk. It, n- it never comes up and you guys are doing him a disservice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mall, I malls I half the man he could be, right? So we need to hype him up a bit. Uh, talk about being more man than machine. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, well, he's I competing for the title, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I believe Morgan won playing Maul and Vader together was kind of his main. Um, I could see that being good. Main duo. Yeah. So, but I mean, well, I guess that that leads us directly into our main topic, which is good segue. Uh, very professional. Was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, you know, we're 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 hitting on it perfectly. I it's like I planned this, uh, which yeah. I don't. Um, so the name this of the wasn't episode rehearsed. was, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. We, we recorded this like three or four times. This is like the fifth take. Yeah. Um, we'll get it right this time. Probably. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> probably not. Um, no, so we don't need to. It's fine. Dizzard's not here. Accusations, both as a joke off of your handle, but also as we get to the main topic, we're going to talk about this. A preemptive calling for nerfs. Um, this will be I've fun. Seen it for, I've seen it for Vader, right? I've seen it for Django. I've even seen it for um, Ob Two. Um, what, what's your take on this? Where what the game has been out for five months, six, five or six months at this point. Yeah, it was. It, and it you know, we've June, barely right? even made it through the first wave of releases, right? We still have Clone Wars yeah. releases and uh, only a bit of Galactic Civil War spoiled. So. Yeah, it's we're, early. We're pretty early on. But what's what's your what's your take on the situation? Like, obviously, Vader's powerful, right? Nobody's going to argue that Vader is not very powerful. Um, no. But coming from the Marvel Crisis Protocol background, by the time we got the first round of nerfs, it was two years into the game, roughly. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of the nerfs were practically uncalled for at that point in time. The models that were rock stars at the beginning that were causing problems um were honestly kind of balanced out just by the nature of releases and how people were playing the game and so i'm really hesitant at the concept of like calling for a nerf six months into the game does it how does it feel to you it it's for me it's too early right for like marvel crisis protocol i actually didn't start playing mcp until after that november was November 2020 or 2020 I didn't start playing until that pack had like been at least spoiled and you could print the cards out and Captain America was a little bit better then right um but that that was well into the life cycle like I'd already been introduced to the game people had you know been playing it locally for a while and I but I think that's one of the nature of us as consumers right and you know we're we see what we've been allowed to see where Darth Vader and there's going to be what two versions of Vader within the next couple months those Vaders have been designed in an environment where they see the big picture it's designed in a giant environment of models we haven't seen yet and you know the nature of releases being what they are Vader's going to come out and immediately be domineering a because he's He's Darth Vader. Like, if Darth Vader came out and he sucked, <laughs> like, we'd all as fans riot. Darth Vader needs to feel powerful. Um, that's Vader. Like, the, the entire movies are, like, his story. If you, you can't not have him be good. But, like, is he too good? Maybe, but that's the nature of the releases that we have right now. 
who knows what like Luke Skywalker or something rises as a natural predator counter. I mean, if you were going to pick, a, if you just hypothetically just step back and go, hey, we're making a Star Wars game. First six months of the game, what should the most powerful character in the game be? If Darth anyone Vader. said anything other than Darth Vader, it would be shocking. And like, <laughs> do, do you even Star Wars, right? Like, Vader yeah. should be good out of the box. It, and he's also behind a $90 price tag. It would be even... It's already bad that he's price-locked, but, like, if you went and paid $90 and then he sucked, like, that would be even more of a kick. Oh, well, my War Machine <laughs> background of having the most pretty dragon in the world, that was the worst for a long time. <laughs> uh, feel the pain. Um, yeah, but, if we've all been uh, through it. We, if we've all gamed, yeah. right? Everyone's favorite model gets the nerf bat occasionally. Like, And maybe Vader does need it long-term, but... But we also don't know, right? Who knows what Plo Koon does next month, or maybe Hondo does something janky that like upsets Vader's. I, I, who knows, right? We don't. So there was a point where in uh, the Wizards of the Coast minis game, I'm dating myself again. I love bringing up Wizards <laughs> of the Coast minis. Those uh, models were so but... cool, but I never bought into it. But they always were like in the comic book store or whatever, and never got to play, but it looked cool. It was just a little was, bit before my game time it's, the, re- it's yeah. the reason why i'm in miniature gaming um but there was a point in time where legitimately there, there was like multiple vaders in a row where it was a vader thrawn list basically ran the meta it was all about vader thrawn it was this vader jedi hunter and then a new vader came out and so now there was just two variations on the same thing but when it ended up happening is the meta adapted to it and became um you were looking for the jedis with riposte which is funny because there's also riposte in this game yeah and this is where my point is going is what eventually happened was you would start playing the characters who could riposte vader he would come in he would attack you and then thrawn would get him to safety but if you could riposte his attacks and it would soften him up and if vader goes down it's game over the whole plan for the imperial list would fall apart um Mm. and i'm curious if we will just naturally hit a point where you have that critical level of riposte where if you try to make an all melee vader list right where suddenly you're like oh my my models are taking damage and then i'm getting riposted and taking more damage and if that hits a critical mass where a list just you know a melee list just starts falling apart that that actually seems like a very feasible possibility and would only take a couple of key releases for us to hit that yeah and i mean ventress already exists and i think ventress is probably a little bit underappreciated but she's got that keyword i mean vader himself has that keyword but i mean vader versus vader i guess (laughs) that's a counter um yeah like you get <laughs> more of that you... just play more we solved vader. the meta everyone's playing ah. vader there we go M- mission right, accomplished uh, what we else is there to talk about? we're done yep yeah yeah what god that was big brain we should have started there like just play vader no <laughs> but it's one of the things that i kind of like as well like with the premiere format and i know you guys have talked about it on the show before but like Premiere format in some ways kind of solves a little bit. It gives you tools when you hit the table. You, if you're worried about fighting Vader, you can put Mother Talzin in. Like, oh, my things died. Let me hit you back and shove you around. Or um, Dooku at least refreshes Force. Like, when Vader does what he just does really well. Um, and maybe more repost units get you there. Um, 
the more releases we have, the more ways to solve for the big boogeyman. And hot take, Vader's no Thanos. Like, Thanos is still a lot scarier when I see him on the table than Vader is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't play online, but I still haven't lost a game to Vader, and Vader has become very popular. And I, I've generally enjoyed my games against Vader, right? It's not, it's not that he stops you from playing the game, which is the way that Shatterpoint functions, is that you, the fact that you're your character gets wounded is not that big of a deal. They no, your models get to stick around for like ever. Like how many games have you played where like models have been removed, let alone like a lot of them. It takes a lot of work to do it. And the game's well over by then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my first time when Vader comes up and like wounds a trooper and then mother Talzin pushes him off the gantry and he doesn't even get to score it. And I was like, good job. You wounded my support unit. And you yeah. literally didn't change the score at all. Congratulations. Enjoy your momentum. Vader has counters, right? And, you know, all, all Vader, Vader's big and scary, and he should be. But you can play around that a little bit. What Ultimately, the biggest thing that Vader probably enables more so than being, you know, seven feet of leather and robotics and just bludgeoning you is what he enables your team to is do. Is it weird that I'm aroused by that sentence? Uh, I, I, I'm not judging. Like you, you do you, man. <laughs> but seven feet you know, of leather and robotics. Oh shit! I might rename it, this episode. <laughs> I mean, if you if you know like a little bit of like like lore stuff from way back when, like David Prowse got hit up a lot by women after the first Star Wars movie because he was like six six and wore leather in a movie. Like that was a thing. That's that, amazing. That, so. That's a that's yeah. a piece of Star Wars information I didn't know. Um, I got you want a lot of that, piece but of David Prow's um, background. I mean, for the listeners, Always. I know we're not uh, we're not um, <laughs> we're, we're segue. We'll there, be back. But, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be back to the real topic. We'll get back. Um, but <laughs> the way I heard it for a new hope, David Prow's spoke all of Vader's lines through all <laughs> of the, the filming. And he did not, from what I what I heard, he did not know that his voice was going to no be idea. replaced <laughs> until the movie came out. But what Have I you heard ever was, seen the video on, clip though. <laughs> but I heard on set because of his hick accent, they referred to him as Darth Farmer. I believe that it is. It's really jarring to actually see like the the raw footage where you, you hear him and it. You could barely hear him to begin with, but the thick yeah. farmer accent, and it just, no one was shocked it was dubbed, I think, except for him. <laughs> I did also hear he was cast before um, the actor for Chewbacca, and they're like, well, we have these two roles that we need a tall person in a suit for. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'll take the one in the, in the, in that suit. Yeah, I don't want to. Not the yak hair. <laughs> But and like I think, um, what you call it? Peter Mayhew was like working as a hospital orderly. Like, can you imagine what that must have been like? Oh my god, he's seven feet tall. He's he's here in the hospital with me. Weird. Oh yeah, that would be. Like, oh, I, I'm I'm here to assist you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, what Vader's doing for your team is crazy, and I think. Ultimately, you've got 
Vader and I think Obi-Wan are probably the two major characters that have like global effects for your entire team where like Mace Windu's restricted to a range five bubble where Vader's just like, this is on the second Vader hits the table and is until you somehow remove him, which is very unlikely. He's 12 hit points and has three lives. So I know a lot I of think people like, have argued that they just want a range restriction on that ability. What do you think of that specifically? I don't necessarily hate it, but like how many games have you played where Vader wasn't at like range five of all his friends or allies or whatever you want to call I don't think Vader actually has friends, but I how often is Vader, <laughs> Vader not like in your face and everything's your yeah. Exactly. He needed a friend and that that's why everything happened the way it did. And but I think the range restriction doesn't actually change anything. Like it maybe I mean if you manage to force push him to like the far edge of the board but then you've brought a model that has force push and I mean you could have just focused around using that force push repost character to just repost him. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's also he ends up not being a terribly difficult character to wound either. Yeah, because he always he's in the middle of everything. Points. Focus him down. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even take that much to focus. Like, I just have him die to random shit. Um, yeah. So it's not like you don't get a wound in return when you want it. Yeah. You. I mean, it takes a little bit of work, but, like, you're not there for it to not be a speed bump. Like, you're there to work a little bit at your game. Um, but, I mean, the last game that I played against him, like, yeah, my support got wounded, but, like, my team turned around and put him on his ass. Like, it's... He's not that scary. I mean, he's going to kill something. Absolutely. But you know that, and you can play around that. But so does Anakin. Anakin's going to kill something, and there's a lot, actually, a fair amount of characters in the game. Obi-Wan kills a lot of people. Like, he throws a lot of dice on Hello There. I've lost a lot more to Obi-Wan locally than I have to Vader. (laughs) Obi-Wan hits like a truck. Fucking Super Commando, like... Supermandos, they will. Supermandos do a lot of work. Um, Aura sings a weird one where it's like, oh wow, when she spikes, she's doing like eight damage, and you're probably playing her with Bane, and Bane makes it ten. That's a primary she can one shot, like technically with help. Like, there's a lot of characters that can one shot a model. (laughs) Gar Saxon's kind of a beast too when it just comes to just. I need to play him more. Character off the table. Yeah, yeah, and he's another cool one. Yeah. My last game with Gar Saxon, he was a rock star. And my last game with Bo, she was awful. Yeah, that, that's the nature of dice, hopefully. Bo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it the nature of dice. dice. Yeah. It was the the nature of it was part of it was the new struggle pack where okay. Bo could not get to the objective to stand on it because I described it earlier on in the episode. Yeah. She mm-hmm. by the time I was activating her, she literally had no way, even if she managed to shoot the commando off, the only way she had to have to wound the commando in one shot, which did not happen. And so she was just never on an objective. And so she, then she doesn't have steadfast, she doesn't have protection, and then she was just falling apart. And yeah. Uh, she was, yeah, she basically, she did almost nothing. I, she was very close to leaving the table. I think when that game ended, um, yeah. And, and, and fifth brother having played him a few times kind of ends up in the same thing, right? If he's not standing on a point, he's, he melts. I mean, once he's standing on the point, he's embedded like a tick. He just stays there longer than he should. But if you displace him, he's, he's going to die really fast. 
Yeah, they're both both Bo and Fifth Brother are the character that once they get pushed off the point, they just like someone's like, I guess I'll just wound this character for momentum now because they're yeah, they're in range and, the, and they're now an easy target. Yeah. Um, I know we've dunked on Savage so- occasionally on the chats, but like at least Savage has it all the time. Yeah, fair. I, th- I think one of the hard parts about me liking Savage has been every game that I've played Savage, I think, was against Vader. So just Savage always got one shot. Um, yeah. Either he was just standing back on a point and never got attacked, or he gets one shot by Vader. And so I've only had I've only had those two situations. It, yeah, you've got the two extremes and haven't seen the, like, the middle where he's just yeah. kind of like, all right, he's decently yeah. tanky and also weirdly mobile if you've built your list right. Yeah. I haven't gotten the game where I just get to play him against like Galactic Republic and it's just like some clones shooting him and he's like, ha ha, fuck you. Yep. Don't care. Watch me throw your, like, just throw eight damage or ten damage or whatever his tree is into your primary. Like, he's, he's a weird one. He doesn't have a lot of control, but his control is just beating you to death or stacking a ton of conditions. Yeah. So honestly, I wonder if the real, like, People are complaining about Vader, but I wonder if deep down the real issue is, is that the lists that people view as thematic are not strong enough in the meta. And that that's probably a huge part of it. Vader is unique in the amount of, you know, maybe it, his ability benefits everyone and it's not keyword tied, right? Where Obi-Wan's Galactic Republic, like everyone gets a benefit, but Galactic Republic takes it X further where vader's just like do you fist fight do you want to do it harder you're going to you're probably going to hurt yourself but you can punch more and there's a lot of models that uh, having extra dice is just good in the game and vader gives it to you at all right two what is it two damage for three dice like that's a bargain yeah certainly not bad but it's not um, keyword locked. Where like Vader just works with everything. So it's Vader. It's Vader plus whatever you want. But it's not unthematic, I guess. Vader's hung out with like everyone. If you've read a comic book, he hangs out with archaeologists and random assassin droids and Mandalorians and whoever else that's useful for his purposes. Well, and I'm kind of glad it's not Galactic Republic at like at my core because I think the idea of him working with Boba Fett or IG88 or you know anyone else who was potentially bounty hunters Jedi and stuff for him during um, during the dark times. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's cool that there is that there's that synergy, um, and I mean I just hope I I get that people want some thematic lists right now. And I think it, it fundamentally would come down. People would love to play six galactic Republic characters who are not Vader and feel yep. like it's genuinely good and that it can stand yep. up to Vader. And I think that can particularly be a problem because I think a lot of the more interesting answers, it, it just doesn't end up falling onto the heroes, but I, maybe this is a hot take, but I actually think it's a good thing when, um, uh, when heroes are not the best thing in the game, I think heroes should be like the second best thing in the game. Cause if I, if I call back, like I have never liked Luke Han and Leia as much after playing 
Wizards of the Coast Star Wars minis because for the vast majority of the time that I played, they were always the best. And every time anything came out that was good, the next set had a better version of that that was a rebel character. And and it just made it you know, so you're just always looking at the rebels and be like, it's always with fucking Han and Leia and Rebel. Han Leia, Chewbacca, right? <laughs> It's just always the best thing in the game because I came into the game just at the tail end of the like Vader is the best and that list still kind of worked, but it was just almost always rebels at the top all the time. And uh, do you really want people actively like hating the heroes of your <laughs> franchise? Which is a weird what's the thing. You'll like, yeah. always dislike it, right? Yeah, and, you know, Star Wars is also unique in, like, the villains, like, Vader's iconic, um, Stormtroopers are iconic, like, everyone sees that, and except your, your co-worker who's never heard of Luke Skywalker, but, you know, everyone looks at, like, Darth Vader and Stormtroopers and Boba Fett and at least knows what franchise they're attached to. The villains are iconic in their own way. So, I don't, if we could find a happy universe where all the primary characters were great, like, they don't need to be heroes, but villains are, I mean, Mother Talzin just, I don't know if she's a villain, but she's pretty, you know, self-motivated. I, I still think it's really cool that Mother Talzin's a character out of the gate. Like, that's just, that's a, like, third-tier lore cut. It's immediately, and the fact that a character like that can shine is, I think, pretty promising to not being a game dominated by Han Leia and Luke. Honestly, I think it's an advantage that that character was written um, as not being a male because I, I'm yeah. sure there's probably some element of just, Hey, let's make sure that there's some primaries in the game who are not all dudes. And yeah. I think mother Talzin is a super interesting character. And I, from the get go, I remember reading the, the first RPG star Wars book. And when I got to the section about like alternate dark side cults, and it was talking about the Dathomir witches, I'm like, this is so fucking cool. There's it's really random neat. cult witches <laughs> practice the dark side on this random planet. That's so fucking cool. They I ride rank rank whores. It's metal as fuck, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> And then to have it so early on where I think if the writers, um, I don't know if Talzin technically existed before Clone Wars in like having already been a created character. I'm sure Jesse would be like, well, no. there was this comic that happened before it and they had already referenced her um, and he would know. But I, I think that it just ends up being really cool that they wrote her. I mean – Obviously, the because if you're trying to introduce the Sith witches, right? The 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 Dathomir witches, they're they're fucking witches. They're not dudes. Yeah, and yeah, so it would make sense that it's uh that it's a lady character. But having this part of the the Star Wars universe pulled in so early, where it's not just clones and separatists and OG original trilogy stuff that we get some of this off the wall stuff that we get the mandos that we get the that we get the sith witches i i'm all for it i i like this less common part of uh part of the universe 
it's one of the really fun things with Star Wars, right? Like everyone likes Vader, everyone likes Luke, but like the the online jokes, like everyone's got their glup shitto, and everyone's got a, a random obscure Star Wars character that they like, and the the fact that we're dipping into the obscure immediately is like kind of cool. Like everyone's gonna get their random third string, like. This guy's like in the background of the cantina for three seconds, and he's a bounty hunter model now. Like, all right, that's neat, <laughs> it, dude. With uh, the devil horns, like right out of the gate, like now he's already a model in the game. And like, I don't, I don't know if it's the same guy or not, or if it's like you know, AMG was just like this alien looks cool, let's do it. But you know, the fact that like you can grab someone obscure like that and make a pretty decent model around it, like Mother Talzin being, I think the primary one for me where it's like, that was the deep cut where it was like, I'm sold on Shatterpoint. It is in, like, just like a shout out to George Lucas and star Wars in general and his crew, right? That how much stuff comes from their little aesthetic choices, right? Did they even name the race at the time? Did they know what the race was even going to be called in that moment? And, um, and then that it just like ends up being you're like, okay, we're going to have these scoundrels that are going to be this random race that was introduced in a new, you know, in a new hope in this background scene or, or all of the entire Mandalorian culture comes from this like offshoot where we're calling Boba Fett's armor Mandalorian armor. And that eventually yeah, and look where we wound up now. There's a whole TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the most popular Star Wars things of all time. Um, yeah. And I, that's just what's so cool about the universe in general. Yeah, it like feels like lived in, right? Everything's kind of like vaguely familiar, but, you know, distinct. Um, and just the random stuff he grabs for the background. Like, I'm looking at your t-shirt, and so my brother-in-law is a big Bosk fan. That's a random, like, lizard costume that they then threw over a Doctor Who spacesuit for that scene. Like, that's... Like, just random stuff out of a warehouse in England somewhere from Doctor Who, and they threw it together, and it's like, oh, that's immediately cool. And now Bosk's, like, got weird fanboys everywhere where it's like, and he's going to hit the game and be awesome when it happens. Hey, I'm a Bosk fanboy. I think that <laughs> happened because of EverQuest, because I played in Ixar, which was the, the lizard race in EverQuest. Okay. And so I got particularly attached to the reptilian races. And then when I was playing Wizards of the Coast minis and a boss, and when I finally like made a list with Bosk that worked because he had this flamethrower attack and then some, uh, some random ass commander, I think it was a uh, Tarful or something was like, Oh, well, there's people that do this special action. They can do it twice. And I'm like, Oh, I have this list where boss can flamethrower people twice. All right, let's awesome. do it. The first time I won a tournament with that, I was like, fuck yeah, Bosk. Um, <laughs> but he's a model, like, he's in Legion, and um, I, I was commentating on a Legion game at an event here um, a month or so ago, and, like, Bosk hitting the table is like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Watch him do cool shit. He can snipe, he can brawl, he can do it all. Yeah. He's <laughs> so much fun. But he's like an obscure well, character, and that's one of the cool things with Star Wars is like the obscure characters end up being really cool in the game. I was watching an episode of Clone Wars with my partner, and all of a sudden I just launched into this like, okay, so these are Trandoshans, and they're actually pretty well known as being slavers. And so they have this really bad relationship with the Wookiees because they're known for like going to Wookiee planets and enslaving them. And they've got this kind of hunter-predator vibe going on. I'm just realizing how much random information that I know about Trandoshans. <laughs> 
my, my wife will not watch Star Wars with me for that exact reason. Like, I, I'm gonna be talking a lot more than the movie is. <laughs> I try to. I try to I, shut up. I probably fail. Yeah, but then you get like excited, like, in, and in that episode in particular, because I know the exact episodes of Clone Wars you're talking about. I would have to pause it and be like, "Also, there's a crystal skull from Indiana Jones right there on a shelf." <laughs> And that is, like, it's the like, best trivia for Clone Wars is, like, all the random Indiana Jones artifacts from the fedora to the Ark of the Covenant just throughout the animation. I was just painting Red Skull for MCP, so I watched Captain America First Avenger, and I still love the line, and the Fuhrer digs in the <laughs> Digging desert. Digging for, for trinkets, trinkets in the desert. <laughs> I literally just watched I, that recently, and it was, like, every time it's yeah. like, oh my god, it, it's Raiders. Oh. It, they did a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference here. Which is oh, which know. is cool it's... if you if we want to connect three degrees of separation, right? Captain America, Raiders of the Lost Ark reference, directed by Joe Johnson, who was like the original guy who designed Boba Fett's armor, the Mandalorian. Like it all is connected. I did not know that. I appreciate that. Yeah. That <laughs> that would make sense why Captain America First Avenger is still in my top five MCU movies because And all the Hydra guys are like very like all right that looks like something out of Star Wars look at the blue laser guns and the the distinctly like stormtrooper looking face masks like yeah it's all Joe Johnson he's Boba Fett's the who, like the, the guy, guy who designed who, like, the original suit this this Mandalorian stuff looks fucking cool like <laughs> uh, the guy who thinks that I'm bound to like what he does next yeah yeah, and he that that was like a, another really fun one because if you've ever go, gone and looked back at Joe Johnson's original concept art, that's like the super commando armor that they use in the the with Moff Gideon's like stormtrooper Mandalorians and the the hmm. finale of Mandalorian season three. That's like a Joe Johnson art come to life. That's fucking cool. I, I, I'm going to do my best Jesse random. impression now. Like, let me nerd yeah. out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I now. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think this this podcast would would ever quite be at the level, but that would be like now if I ever could just interview Joe Johnson, that would be fun as fuck <laughs> to get to like talk about everything from Captain America: First Avenger to Mandalorian armor. I that yeah, there's gotta because be he's connected to all of that now. <laughs> yeah, that dude's like it's gotta be all of the at least one of the ultimate nerds. <laughs> yeah, you've got Captain America. You've got a Raiders reference. You've got mandalorians like that that's gonna be a real good beer or three. Oh yeah I, uh, that's so now when people start going you know who's that who do you choose to have like one hangout with like a random celebrity or whatever joe johnson's now my guy you've you've yeah and he's gonna be your deep cut they're gonna be like who <laughs> i'm on board I, it's it, i every time i look at the list of like mcu movies and how much money they made I get actively upset when I see how low down the list Captain America First Avenger is. I'm like, this movie is a fucking masterpiece. And it's really I, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's aged well. It's still fun to watch. And it's like, what, 12 years old now? Still good. Yep. Although, I mean, my favorite's The Winter Soldier. But that's, again, not exactly cutting edge commentary here. The Winter Soldier is like one of the best MCU movies. <laughs> Probably one of the most well, uh, I mean... I think in general, you just talk to people about top fives. Um, I, I think Winter Soldier was probably like Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy one are probably yes. the two most common movies to show up in people's top fives. And I say that 
even though neither of them are in my top five. Um, but when you're talking to people about it, those are probably the two that show up the most. Yeah, it's that um, one where it's like, you know, Revenge of the Sith is ever in everyone's like top three for Star Wars, right? Like, you know, it, it's the one of the more obvious ones. And I think Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, which are both awesome, um, every, every, they end up in top fives all the time. Where me, I'm over here like, I really, really like Multiverse of Madness. That was fun. <laughs> I think that might actually be unironically in my top five. I mean, I I can see it. It has a, like, if you like Sam Raimi stuff, right? It's, you know, if we <laughs> yeah. could get a Sam Raimi Star Wars, that would be sweet, too. I would be. I, I, I That would be mind-blowing, and the pun is intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you... With Star Wars movies, I, I feel like the top obviously there's way more Marvel movies than Star Wars movies. But when you yeah. start getting to the the top fives for Star Wars, I feel like it often is fairly similar. Right? Yeah, I don't I think like there's, there's as much variation people, there. There's not very many people who don't feel like Empire Strikes Back is the best of the bunch. Sometimes yeah. you'll have people that'll like take Rogue One and you know, maybe, put it I, but I don't even think Rogue One's a particularly good one. I don't think it made my top five. I and that's probably my weird nerd hot take. I think everyone watches it for the Vader hallway scene, and I guess the last forty five minutes are really good. But like, you don't talk about the first hour and change. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm with you. I I am not. I am not a high rank Rogue One. Like I, I'm. I like the Vader hallway scene. I think it's fucking. Everyone crazy. loves the Vader hallway scene, and now it's a meme. Everyone's getting a hallway scene. Maul got one in Clone Wars. Ahsoka's got yeah. one now. Like Balin Skull got one. I mean, everyone gets a hallway scene now, and that all goes back to Vader. But I think everyone likes Rogue One and holds it very highly because of the Vader hallway scene. I think what I disliked about Rogue One is that I felt like it was so so close to being something really amazing. Like they they hinted at like when you have the early shot where um Andor shoots the guy because he just needs him to not be able to rat him out and to keep moving and yes. you, and you basically get to this point where you're you're here like these are the terrorists of the rebellion. These are the people doing the darkest worst They're the shit. extremists. Yeah, but I don't think they really get to play around with that enough. And I, and I remember seeing some interviews from the directors where they weren't even sure they could kill the main characters. They filmed almost the entire yeah. movie, not knowing whether or not they could kill the main characters, even though they felt like they should probably die. And I think that's a weird spot where maybe if, if Disney had just given them just a little bit more flexibility, I think it's a movie that, um, like I find it really weird when all of a sudden Andor and her are just on the beach as they're about right. to die. Right. Like, like it kind of feels like a little out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the the directors probably just thought they had to like Disney it up a little bit just so they didn't yeah. get fired. But the <laughs> character development wasn't there for it. Right. And uh and so that's where conceptually I don't have any problems with it. Um, yeah, but there's, I think Rogue One's I fine. Like, uh, the, the story could have just been one notch darker and I think it would have, would have really, really worked. Um, and I think it's something that yeah. like they went and did with the Andor show, right? They like, this becomes commentary that gets really interesting on what the nature of being on a, a good guy in a, 
in that universe, right? The the people that you, you see the Lukes and the Hans and the Leias who have, I mean, relatively clean hands by the end of the trilogy. Luke blew up the Death Star, but like he had to. But it was built on the work of people that had to work in the shadows and do some really dark shit and kill allies to get there. And yeah. Andor was is an interesting character to explore that with with his show. And Rogue One was getting close to like like mining that. And ultimately, I think Rogue One for me is going to be like it enabled being able to go do Andor and actually explore that. Yep, I agree. My my All other right. hot take: I think Solo got um got a bad rap. I think Solo is actually a lot of fun and underrated. Um, I feel I, like that's I agree a, with you there yeah. too. I, I couldn't have it, that's the, the movie George Lucas better. would have made. That is a movie um, George often, Lucas would have made. <laughs> I often say that if I was talking to somebody who had never watched anything Star Wars, the first movie that I would give them would be Solo. I think it's the perfect yeah. introduction to the world. It's this cool sci-fi heist adventure that then right <laughs> at the end teases you with Darth Maul. And then and, you could open them up and like now start showing it, them everything. And even teases them with the wider rebellion, right? Like you've established the Empire as a thing. Han was involved. You see a little bit of the war that the Empire's involved in and the nature of like what being involved in that is. You see the heist. And then there's like the hints to the rebellion at the end. It's a good yeah. gateway. I'm going to go so far as I will say that Solo is a better movie than A New Hope. Ah, uh, that that's a that's interesting, but I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I kind of like the take, but, I, but I'm also sitting here wearing a Donald Glover Lando T-shirt, so like, right? And I mean, I mean you want to talk about Donald some really Glover good casting. That that yeah. casting though, he is so good as Lando. Like I, I was more invested in Lando at that point than even Han. Yeah, when I heard, uh, didn't they recently announce that they're switching the like the show into like a Lando movie? That I, I don't know, but I'm not opposed to that. Give give me a Lando I, Star Wars I, story. I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember I was like, well, if you've got you know Glover signed on to be Lando. Why, why not go all in on it? Why are we right? waiting? Like guys, yeah, that guy is give him all the money. Yes, yeah, just do it. Like I want to, um, I want to go hang out with him and power around. Like his version of the Millennium Falcon is also super cool. Like I love what they did with that to make it like, all right, yeah, it's the same shit, but like you can tell this is different ownership and well, it's a little bit more loved and cared for and probably professionally cleaned occasionally. You know, Lando is splurging on housekeeping. <laughs> Well, also, with with Glover, you don't realize how often he gets hired just to improve scripts. Like, how often directors reach out to him and go, our script is not funny enough. Glover, can you just yeah. touch this up a bit? And he's really good at it. I mean, I've, I haven't seen Atlanta, but I've seen a lot of Community, and just everything he's added to Community is enough to sell me on that one. Yeah. All right, Phil. Well, I think this is probably a good spot to wrap it up. I hope you had fun yeah, ever, getting to No, no, no this was a blast. Episode. Hang out, drink a beer, and talk Star Wars. I don't I don't remember where we kind of left off, but we segued hard. And, <laughs> I mean, I I hope the listener enjoyed it. 
We didn't. I mean, yeah, you, we didn't talk down. LVO much. I mean, I think we were meant to oh, talk more shit. LVO. Yeah. 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 We Before we segue so, to the end, we we have yeah. another agenda item to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, you know, perfect segue because I'm a professional. Um, yeah, we planned that. And I said something. You know, oh, <laughs> we should talk Star Wars at LVO. Oh, by the way, since we're talking about LVO, there's going to be some Shatterpoint at LVO, right? That's right. So um, I run a couple of events. I'll be running um, the Star Wars at uh, PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. So we'll be doing a premier tournament there. So if you're in the Philadelphia area in December, that'll be an event we're doing. So that's a premier format for, you know, four squads and all that fun stuff. There's uh, We've got MCP there, um, all the other Star Wars games that AMG hosts. And then for LVO... It's an after-hours event, um, so that one, I think it's going to start like at 7 or 7.30. It's kind of after the other events have started winding down, um, and it's over in the Legion area. We're going to set up and you know do like real casual like two rounds and hang out, and I think we're, we're up to like 32 signups. Like We had to extend signups like twice, um, and every time I it got, got sold out immediately. Sign up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we were kind of shocked. It was like, all right, we'll start with 10 and just kind of, and they're gone. All right, let's open it up to, uh, I don't know, 12 more and gone. Um, all right, so I guess this got big. So clearly there's demand and everyone wants to come out and hang out and have a good time. So it's like an after hours hang. Two rounds, real casual, probably more standard format because it's, you know, two rounds and casual. And you're going to be at that point, like bringing an ancillary list more so than, you know, what, 12 models. Or no, is it 16? Yeah, more often than not. So, you know, it, it's real casual. Come hang out. Um, I mean, Charles just confirmed he'll be there. So, <laughs> Not Friday night. I will not be playing Friday night because oh, the yeah. LCQ is going to run too late. But uh, I, I elected um, – I'll talk about this in Omnis Protocol as well. But um, last year I did a bunch of, okay, as soon as the tournaments are done, I'm going out and going to dinner with people. And I had a, I had a blast doing that last year. But I'm also fucking over it. It's really expensive in Vegas. <laughs> it's um, very expensive. We did Hofbrau House after Legion. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be better prepared with some beers on hand. And then I just want to <laughs> hang out and play some games Saturday evening and Sunday evening. And so mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm kind of committing to. And then it'll probably be a mix of Shatterpoint and MCP. Um, but that's what I'm going to do. And so I, I picked up my ticket for this. Yeah, so the the Star Wars uh, Shatterpoint one, so kind of the, that kind of vibe, right? Come hang out, yeah. bring drinks or don't, you know, and not not judging one way or the other, um, and just I'm hang out and play some games. Have a beer. <laughs> you owe me at least one, so <laughs> Do forget I what that one? was for. Yeah, forget what it was for. It was a couple was episodes for. ago, but, you know, who's keeping track? All right. I, <laughs> I will trust that I owe you a beer. Swing by and be like, yeah. Omnis. Where's my beer? And I will just yeah. It. And I'm going to be playing MCP during the day as well, so I'm I'm going to yeah. be all over the place. Um, it's trying to figure out what I'm running with, and with 33 new models to figure out. I I don't know. <laughs> yep, there's there's a lot of stuff to figure out for MCP for sure. Um, yeah, and we get. It, I hope we get a January release. I hope we get like Plo Koon and stuff at least in January. That would be really cool. Like I'll bring Plo Koon and play him. Like uh, that's exciting for me. Um, but I think like, you know, the fact that we have a new core box for MCP and 22 characters that got touched up, AMG loves and cares about their games and they come back and when things are 
you know, busted or overtuned or undertuned. They get revisited with a lot of regularity. It's MCP's what four years in and has done it twice now in a big bulk. Like, well, and I, I yeah. cannot say enough good things about Michael Plummer. This is a person that I feel like I've known now for about a decade. And every time I've hung out with him, um, I did a birthday uh, beer uh, bar crawl with him one year. Plummer is just the best people. And to have him being the main guy for Shatterpoint, I, I could not have more faith. And so anyone who's worried about the existing meta, or I know we, we kind of had the accusations tone of the episode, but, but literally there is not a person that I trust more than Plummer to, to make sure that we have a fun game going forward in the future. He is absolutely the sort of person who would take to the, you know, um, he he would just he would he would go to all lengths to make sure that it's good and it's fun and it's it's a great experience. Um, back from playing War Machine with him to playing MCP with him, he's he's just fantastic. I think I even played some. Uh, uh, now I don't remember what I'm thinking of. Um, Might have been some uh, uh, Netrunner. I think I played some Netrunner with him too. Oh wow! Okay. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, the plumber. But I think like have faith yeah. in plumber. Yeah, and the thing to remember as well, right? Like we have a lot of models already, but there's more in the pipeline, and there's also like this. It was a game designed around at least the first core box mission pack and three others. So we only have half the mission content as well. All you need is one mission to hit, and it's a lot more spread out. And suddenly Cody as a a sniper enabling your ranged characters is a lot more appealing than someone in a brawl. You know, we we just don't know. But the developers do, and Cody doesn't exist to suck. Yeah, who knows? We don't. The, the developers I'm do, and Cody about, wasn't like, designed the way he was to be bad or underplayed. What if, uh, you know, because they have the the center line right, like for the core pack, is range four um, from the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And what if there's a mission pack that has it has the the outer ones range three from the outside, and like be yeah. even just like a little bit wider? Ah, oh, that would mm-hmm. be. I'm all about, like, the movement shenanigans. Yeah, if you had, like, a giant H-shaped as well, where you've got, like, I don't know, your back lines even closer to the board edge, but, like, splayed out, and then you've got a more focused middle, and you need to be able to shoot into the middle, like, Gar Saxon and Cody are looking a lot more appealing. Phil, we haven't even seen the second terrain setup, right? Yeah. There could be an Imperial base coming around the corner. There could be an imperial base. There could be a cantina with bar stools. We don't know. It could be awesome. <laughs> and it's just like the, there's the so much you can do. It's so dynamic for this game. You you could be like, okay, well now there's this imperial base terrain, and it it just changes the game and how we play because of the the width of the gantries, or you know, the gantries whatever, are being different, know. or. Yeah. It's the game's so new still. Like, and we've barely scratched the surface of what they've developed. I mean, they, they've shown how many models, teased how many more. We've got Ghost Crew and Thrawn, and uh, 
but they weren't all, you know, they're all designed and we don't know what they do. Dinjarin, yeah. IG-11. I mean, Iden Versio, like, that's that's another really cool one that, like, having come from Legion, like, she's really good in that game. And, like, watch that be another really cool release that shakes things up in a way where, like, maybe it's oppressive for Vader. We just don't, we don't know. So I think it's too early to call for nerf bats. As oppressive as Vader is, I don't like playing into him, but it doesn't need to be nerfed. I don't think Cody needs to be helped. I think two more mission packs and suddenly something shakes up and, you know, then he's performing as intended. Something has to be the worst, and I'm fine if it's clones. Everything's got to be on a bell curve. It's, it's... The game's not interesting if there's not a little bit of variation between your models. And that's Shatterpoint, that's MCP, whatever game system you're playing. You've got to have some, like, mid-range... Most of the game should be existing around, like, it's good. Like, or good enough. You know, and it's going to fluctuate a little bit. I don't think anything in the game's actively bad. I know people, like, dunk on Third Sister, but, like, she's got a lot of shoves. She's got a lot of redeeming qualities on her tree. If she hits her tree, which... No, Vader enables. She's shoving you all the way across the board. You've the got only thing bad about yeah. third sister is that she's not fourth brother, right? Like it's just the, she just comes out with a pack with a character who's just slightly better in the current meta than she is. Yeah, um, she's still better than you know. She's still better than multiple other four threat, uh, four squad point supports. Um, yeah, fourth but, sister's solid enough. Third sister's I think can have her place. I you know. I but I'm I I find the couple things that I like and gravitate towards and I play that and I'm still pretty open to most everything else being good. I don't think the developers actively set out to be like, you know what, Commander Cody needs to be hot garbage and that's what we're shipping. We just don't have all the pieces to make him good yet. Well, I will say that in general Things that cannot give themselves a second movement are probably going to fall to the wayside. And I don't even feel like that's wild ominous, but I just think in general, outside of maybe Mother, but maybe even Mother in the long run, things that cannot give themselves a second movement kind of have to be almost fucking busted in other ways. Um, Yeah. But, you know, Cody's got friends. Rex can move him for you. I'm not wrong. Yeah. It, right. it clones so work to better together or whatever. I, or they'll borrow the Mandalorian thing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, they won't. <laughs> no, no, they won't. No. And that's other... I watch the Clone Wars cartoons. They just fucking argue. They do. It, but you've got to have that, like, old married couple type vibe. We don't have Han and Leia yet, so someone's got to do it. Well, we do have, we do have Anakin and Padme. We we do, and I think Date Night might actually be pretty okay. Like, I, I've, having played against Padme a bunch, I, she's really good. You, she, yeah, if you really figure good. out how to use her and, like, get her on a point and suddenly, like, oh, you've got four models here instead of one, like, okay, that that changes my math. Yeah, I mean, maybe even a Vader counter, right? If you're, uh, well, my handmaid, you wounded my handmaidens, but they still count as scoring. <laughs> yep. Wounds are cool. But scoring models or scoring points is what's winning you the game, right? So Vader's got a game plan around killing stuff, but if you can outplay him on objectives, like, all right. 
All right, Phil, I've got an address the council for you to kind of wrap Ooh. up things. How do you feel got? about the future where we're going to have, you know, a Luke Lando Ewoks team side by side with separatists where you're going to have one strut, you know, you're going to have a squad that's from a different era played with a squad, you know, that's, uh, you know, 50 years apart. Is that something that you're cool with? Does it matter? You know, how does that affect your, your enjoyment of Shatterpoint? So uh, my Star Wars background, right? Like I've played all the FFG now AMG Star Wars games. My first tabletop game was X-Wing. And the thing you had to embrace with X-Wing, particularly when we shifted to 2.0, Star Wars Armada went that direction and Legion ultimately went that direction, is you're going to end up mashing timelines. You you can't sit there and, you know, have clones available in the game and then say, but you can't ever touch them with Rebels. Like, the game just doesn't function the same way because it becomes restrictive to what the game's designed around. So me being a lore guy, it was like, all right, well, this kind of like feels weird and like not fluffy. Like if we're going to play casual, can we do rebels versus empire? Um, But you know, for competitive games and everything I've had to come to accept as a lore guy, like, you know, this always isn't going to make sense, but I've also read enough lore where there was a dark horse comic back in, when I, I don't know, mid-2000s when Dark Horse had the the line. And Luke Skywalker teams up with a clone trooper that's been abandoned on a, you know, he was part of Shakti's unit and gets abandoned and left <laughs> behind when his gunship shot down 20 years later, right? And, you know, he sees a stormtrooper and he's like, oh, you're the next generation, let me report in and gets immediately shot at. But it's, it, in which it was based on the whole, like, um, World War II, a Japanese soldier, like, trapped on an island and is fighting the war for, for decades after the war ended. But Luke Skywalker's fought with a clone trooper, at least in, like, old lore. You know, we there's ways to hand wave it. You know, or, you know, maybe this isn't Rex, but this is, like, or you, alternate universe where Rex, the chip is still there, and now the 501st has gone on to fight with Vader, you know post order 66 there's a lot of ways to hand wave it in lord where it's like just enough well, to make sense half the order half the 501st did keep fighting with him it just half died yeah exactly half half, yeah. <laughs> half ended up on a nameless moon you know in a mass grave it you know yeah. <laughs> but so it's just it's something that i've i either had to accept or well i know enough lore to where like i can hand wave it Luke fought with a clone trooper at least once. And I think the Ahsoka show does a good example of this where, you know, you have adult Ahsoka going back and seeing a battle that took place um, where she was a Padawan fighting with Anakin. Like the force does weird shit. Yeah. This, this could be, you know, this could be all sort of force tests or, you know, think about all the, the Jedi caves and stuff where people do their yeah. Jedi Knight missions and, and such. This, this you know, a particular game could be taking place inside a, a Jedi force cave or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I'm you're seeing that. I was you're seeing that alternate future where like if Vader's meditating and he's like it could have been me and Padme ruling the galaxy and it the Vader Padme list would have worked. It, more recent comics Vader fought with Sabe like 
that was a, a team up in a recent comic run. Like, you, there's enough hand waving or enough like force, you know. You can make any matchup work. And now the world between least... worlds and Filoni Star Wars, yeah, right there. Ha- have you seen Dallas's uh, Vader redeemed? Vader redeemed? I don't think so. He did a like I don't know how there was a three D print or whether they did it in house, but it's like a half helmet. So you see like Anakin's head, and it's got like white cloaks and stuff, and it's supposed to be oh. it's supposed to be the um, you know it's still the the main body of um, Vader from the uh, the right, but like whites and browns, right? But he's wearing whites and browns, and he's meant to be the alternate timeline Vader who's serving <laughs> the the Galactic Republic. Um, yeah, but it just looks really cool. I haven't seen the model that Dallas did, but I think it's based on concept art that they did for Battlefront Three and Battlefront Three when they were developing that in the mid two thousands. They've got a whole bunch of weird concept art out there of like dark side Obi Wan's and dark side mace windows and stuff where like the battlefront would have allowed you to do like this weird alternate timeline stuff so like all that concept art type stuff is out there and you know shatterpoint's not going to be the first time someone's like what if mace window and darth vader teamed up like someone's dreamed of it somewhere you get to go play that and that's cool there's you know rated r fan fiction out there for that team up i'm sure there is probably uh, Rule Thirty Four stuff all over the place for a lot of it. Like, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I'm not telling you guys the... what to go look up later. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I loved the Kotor games, right? And so you kind of have to like oh. when you love those games, you have to accept that there's Bastila Shan, the Jedi Knight, with their double bladed mm-hmm. yellow lightsaber. But there's also Bastila Sand, the Sith Apprentice, double bladed red who... lightsaber Sith Apprentice. Yeah, that serves Darth Revan, who, you know, takes over the... God, I can't remember. What was the the, the, the base called? That they were that is the, the Starforge. Starforge, Star yeah. yes. Right? Like, both of those kind of just exist in your mind simultaneously. Yeah. And that's Which okay. Which one's truth. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just, yeah, just did a... the dark side versions are all better. <laughs> They always were. I just did a a playthrough of KOTOR 2 a couple months ago when I had some free time. Um, Because Tabletop, or uh, Steam has the the mod that they restored a bunch of, like, old content that was, like, left in the files and never finished. Um, And, yeah, I mean, just the the open-endedness of, like, the game you play. Video game or tabletop game. Like, go have fun with it. Like, if you really need a lore fluff reason for it, it... it really doesn't take a whole lot to to get there. Agreed. All right. Well, Phil, I think we should probably wrap up the episode. Do you think you can handle our uh, our outro? Yeah. Let's let's take that for a spin. I think I've got a got All inspiration right. now. I will well, accuse the most... you of doing it. <laughs> Consider me accused. The most OP thing you can do is come up with cool backstory for your random mis- mismatched characters on the table. It's not the most OP thing in this show, but I'm fine with it. It's what I got. It's the most Star Wars thing. Oh, oh, the most Star Wars thing you can I, t- I knew I was going to mess up one of them. It is the most Star Wars thing you can do. Come up with a reason your, it is. your it is pretty random it is also collection pretty of toys OP works. Too, so. Wild August uh, 
Yeah, you, you, you know what episode I was listening to when I mowed the lawn earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Uh, all right, well, <laughs> later, Obviously, <nerds>. Omnis content. <laughs> later, nerds. 